Welcome in, Bucks fans. I'm Steve Isbitz of JoeBucksFan.com, one of the Joes writing on the website. This is the Monday Morning Joe podcast, recording at nighttime because it's Monday Morning Joe by name only. And uh, this is a great time to be recording because a lot happened today and over the weekend. And uh, you know what? I was going to record this morning, but of course I had to keep track of Bruce Arians, who was on TV for several segments this morning on Fox 13 with Charlie Belcher. And uh, that's what we do here at JoeBucksFan.com. We try to keep track of everything 24-7. It is a labor of love. And if you're new to the podcast, I appreciate it. We uh, were rolling for a long time, took a break, but now I'm back doing this. I guess it's our third uh, on the Revival Tour of the podcast. It's available on Google Play, Podbean, other platforms. For those of you who listen on iTunes, you may have heard today iTunes is going away. Apple's making a lot of changes. So, uh, But either way, any of those places you can subscribe free and get an alert. And the podcast is presented by our great friends at Bill Curry Ford. Bill Curry Ford. You can text right now if you want to. Text Bill to 90407. I'm not sure if you get a prize or a special discount. But I have a good feeling about what you might get there. Anyway, their largest pre-owned inventory in Tampa Bay with a lifetime warranty is available to you. Over 300 to choose from, priced number one within 500 miles. And they are always working on having the best and most competitive prices at Bill Curry Ford. Right there just north of the stadium on Dale Mabry Highway. I bought a used vehicle at Bill Curry Ford a couple of months ago. And uh, they took my car traded in my ford i got a wonderful deal and general manager sean sullivan is committed to taking care of every bucks fan he can personally general manager sean sullivan also a personal friend right there at bill curry ford get shopping now bill curry ford.com or text bill to 90407 all right so look bruce arians was on tv this morning with uh, Fox 13, their morning show, I think it's Good Day Tampa Bay, something like that, whatever it is, Happy Day Tampa Bay, does it really matter? I'm not sure it does. But he spent a lot of time with Fox. They were going in and out of live shots with Bruce Arians. So they're in his office, then they're coming back 20 minutes later, talking to him in the office, and then they're in the indoor facility, and this is all live television. So Arians... If I had to add it up, I think he probably devoted about two and a half hours to Fox 13 this morning, which, you know, that doesn't happen very often. Fox is, to the best of my knowledge anyway, uh, Channel 8, WFLA, is still the broadcast partner of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they'll have all the preseason games and whatnot. So that's Arians really giving a lot of time, and each segment focused on something different. One of them was the charity uh, work that Arians does, and actually his uh, hat, it's not a Kangol hat, but it you know it's that style. He's got his own official Bucks hats now, and for his foundation, and in the proper colors, not the Cardinals colors, you can buy them at Arians' uh, Family Foundation website. I believe there's a link at the uh, Buccaneers.com for their fan store, but anyway, I was impressed that Arians gave that much time He's definitely, at least right now, uh, from other things he's done and is planning to do, one of the more giving head coaches we've had in a while of his time to the media. 
and that means we're going to get information. Now, at JoeBucksFan.com, we pay attention to this stuff. The other media outlets, not necessarily. If they have to work for it, you might not hear it. So what happened was, on Friday, ESPN had Arians on TV. And you know what? They didn't put the video on their website, and ESPN.com didn't have Arians' commentary. And so here I am, recording it and watching it and breaking news over the weekend, and nobody else has even commented on it here locally. They've just kind of ignored it, that it didn't exist because Joe Buck's fan wrote it, and they didn't see it. But it was all over ProFootballTalk.com. A couple of things went down. First, Bruce Arians said that he's praying for JPP, and he talked about, this is Friday afternoon, he talked about Jason Pierre-Paul's injury, and said, I'll just read it to you. If you missed it, he's doing good. His spirits are good, Arian said. You know, it's just one of those things. You just wait and wait and wait and make sure the thing doesn't displace displace, and not have to have an operation. We got our fingers crossed and are praying for him all the time. He went on to say when asked about a timetable for JPP's recovery, he said, quote, I would think it's at least five months, maybe six well, six months from Friday takes you all the way up to December 1st. And it really didn't sound good at all. And that that was straight from the coach's mouth literally four weeks after JPP was injured. And you know they're getting briefed all the time, at least on what's what. And it doesn't mean JPP is getting examined all the time by Buck's doctors because he lives in South Florida. But it's uh, a tough spot. For the Bucks, and I'm not counting on JPP. I don't think anybody should. It's a bad situation. It bad luck. I don't know what the Bucks are going to do if they're going to cut him or if they're going to gamble and wait and see. And then, if you do think he's going to come back from this, right? If you do think he's going to heal and be okay, he doesn't have guaranteed money for next year, but he's only due I think twelve million dollars next year. So he becomes sort of an inexpensive top edge rusher next year if he comes back but you could still cut him late all the way up till training camp if you didn't think he had it anymore so there might be some value in the bucks keeping jpp but that is the update from the coach's mouth on friday afternoon and that's not really a good thing so uh, prayers go out to jpp and prayers go out to the buccaneers pass rush which Oh, boy. You know, Noah Spence, I want to say, having been at the OTAs, the ones they've allowed us to go to, the 10 are finished, and minicamp starts Tuesday morning, tomorrow morning, which is really just a a glorified uh, underwear football session. It is a little bit more intense at the minicamp sessions, the three of them, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but it's still underwear football. No pads. They go a little bit longer. It's mandatory, so the usually all you know, obviously all the stars are there, and coaches will push the guys a little bit harder because then they have six to seven weeks off afterwards. So you know you don't have to save the guys anymore. You're not trying to get them through the spring. It's got a little bit more juice to it, but it's still underwear football. But anyway, I wanted to say that through OTAs, Noah Spence, who a lot of people are counting on, you know he's looked kind of rocked up in past years, really cut and stuff. Compared to the way he has looked in past years, this year Noah Spence looks soft. I mean, I'm not saying he's out of shape or is, you know, not uh, not hitting the weights, but he 
compared to previous years, he looks soft. And you know what? I don't have a problem with it. He might be looking to build up and being on a different plan as far as how he is building his body to be ready for training camp. But it is something different. And Noah Spence is one of these guys who, through the years, has sort of every year he comes in uh, at a diff- with a different body type. And I'm always a little bit leery about those guys because they just sort of don't really... Uh, usually you do that and there's a problem or it just doesn't work out for you. Uh, that's one reason I was leery about uh, Will Golston for this year when coaches Arians actually mentioned it first at the NFL owners meetings when I was at the breakfast with him in Phoenix that they were looking to have Will Golston uh, beef up, add some weight, and uh, play in the middle. And it's like, man, in past years, Golston has been a guy who has gained weight and then lost weight and you know played on the outside and tried to get quicker, and he's sort of always reinventing himself physically, but sometimes that was at the request of coaches, whereas Noah Spence sort of did some things on his own and is a different kind of situation. But uh, both of those guys, I don't really have a lot of faith in Golston or Spence. Now, Nassib, I do. I know Lee Decapper, my buddy at uh, JoeBucksFan.com, the other Joe, he's not much of a Nassib fan. I am. Nothing not to like about the guy, although it is reasonable to think that maybe he, he did have a career year last year. I'm not sure he's this emerging guy who's going to break through again but if he can be the guy he was last year a high motor sort of a balanced defensive end that can play the pass and the run and drop in coverage and once in a while if you want him to and get six six and a half sacks those guys are really really valuable and so I'm just hoping Nassib can keep doing what he was doing but I don't expect him to you know have some sort of massive breakthrough I just think that's unrealistic but there's there's no shame if he just keeps doing what he's doing. Anyway, Arians also said on ESPN that Gerald McCoy just didn't fit. That was his language. Didn't fit. Kudos to, I forget uh, what her name is, who was interviewing Arians. But he was asked the, the legitimate, real questions. After he said it wasn't a fit and that it just happens with guys who are top players in a franchise... You move on, and that's the way it goes. And he referenced Franco Harris. He was asked, how is Ndamukong Sue an upgrade, right? I mean, McCoy, why couldn't he play here? He's obviously in demand, and now McCoy's with the Panthers. We'll talk about that. So he was asked about Sue, and the coach said uh, consistency. That's the difference. That's the upgrade. Sue never misses a game. He never misses practice. McCoy rarely misses practice as well. And uh, he said, you know, Sue plays extremely hard the way I like to play. And he fits the scheme better, more versatile. And those are all legitimate reasons. And I'm I'm good with all of them. It's just so very odd the way the Bucks handled the whole thing. I mean, uh, you probably could have signed Sue earlier. And you probably could have done a lot of things with the way you talked about McCoy this morning, right? Because um, Arians, back in March, he was very open about McCoy not being the player he was three, four years ago and all that kind of stuff. And this morning on NFL Radio, Ira Kaufman, Joe Bucks fan columnist, he was on Sirius XM NFL Radio with Charlie Weiss and Bob Papa, you know, Charlie Weiss, the old Patriots and Jets offensive coordinator. 
and a mastermind there who took on Brady as, as a young player and uh, worked him in. Charlie Weiss said to Ira, sort of cut him off when they were talking about that and said, hey, you don't say that. There's no reason to say that. It doesn't do your team any good, the player any good. There's no value in it. And, uh, you know, I appreciate the honesty. Fans appreciate it. And I think Arians was being honest. But it it's a, was weird in the way he's uh, put it out there and just sort of let McCoy, who for some people is a franchise great. I'm sort of neutral on the guy. I don't think he was any sort of superstar, but he was certainly a very good player on Bucks teams that were very short on good players. And uh, But was his time up here? Yeah, I think uh, mentally his time was up. Physically, there was nothing that showed that he was still the player that he used to be. And why not move on? Why not sort of trade McCoy for Sue? Is that a bad trade? I don't think so. Not at their ages. Do these guys have more than a year left, either of them? So anyway, but Arians did uh, open up. After telling local reporters that uh, he was done talking about McCoy, he doesn't play for the Bucks. He opened up on ESPN, and I think that closes the book right there, really. Arians uh, just put his foot down and said, um, Sue's better. You know, when you put it out there and say a guy's more versatile and uh, more consistent and he plays harder the way I like to play, that means uh, you got your guy. So now we get to compare. We get to watch Gerald McCoy as a Panther and get to compare him all year long for fun to an Adamican Sue. And I know there are fans out there who are like, oh, you know, Joe, Steve, whatever you want to call yourself, you know, uh, why do you do that? Or whatever. You know, that, I like doing that. It's fun. It's like, you know, I was, I'm a Rays fan. All the, these great Rays, guys who performed so well on the Rays, who left the team, were traded, gotten rid of because they didn't want to pay them. I keep track of what those guys are doing. I was always very curious. And if you go back in Rays history, just to last year, when they purged almost the whole roster and all of baseball was saying that the Rays were ruining the game and they were trying to tank and all this stuff. And they opened the season one and eight, one and eight. And it just kept going. You know, the uh, national abuse of the Rays that they were tanking the season locally, too. I never said that, but turned out they won 90 games. They lost 72 and they completely turned around the franchise when everybody looking at them thought they were idiots. And uh, we can only hope the Bucks find that magic because there are a lot of people who think the Bucks are idiots out there. Some of the fans, some of the media, you know, we just have to watch. I, I was with a Bucks fan today who I hadn't seen in a long time. Hardcore Bucks fan. I hadn't seen the guy in years, really. A few years. And he's probably like you. Regular reader of Joe Bucks fan. Absorbs a lot of stuff. He follows the team year round. And he's yet another guy that I've met who is optimistic and hopeful, but just so freaking beaten down by the losing that uh, you get too skeptical and you just start thinking that uh, they don't know what they're doing. And do I fall into that category? A little bit. I mean, I'm around the, the Bucks all the time, so it's different. Consider myself a fan. I am a fan. But... It's a, a tough spot, and we have to sort of dig a little deeper for that sort of super optimism that this is the Bucks year. But if you listen to Arians, the more you listen to Arians, and he was 
on TV doing that again this morning. That's why I brought this up, because that was really, to me, some of the big news of the day. He is openly as optimistic as they come. He is completely jacked up on this season, and he's not. When Lovey Smith got this job, you know what he must have said 150 times before they kicked off against Tennessee and got blown out on opening day against the worst team in football. Yes, Tennessee got the number one pick the following year. In 2015, Lovey must have said, well, we're a 4-12 and football team. He, that, he must have said that 100 times. Arians, he's out there on TV today saying it's a lot easier than it used to be to flip it. Flip it meaning uh, flip a franchise and and open up and be a winner, just like Arians was from five and eleven to ten and six, his first year in Arizona. He talked, you know, doubled down on his whole thing with that's uh, reload, not rebuild. And Arians talked about how this would be, as I mentioned before, very intense mandatory minicamp. They've got five guys coming in, five or six. Arians said, who will be veteran tryout players. And uh, they're looking to churn the bottom of the roster. You know, they always coaches always say that, you know, they want that competition at the bottom. But when you bring in that many veterans into a mini camp, and I don't have names yet, we'll find them out tomorrow morning. First thing, who's going to be on that field at 845, 830, 845. I don't know. I'll be there. We'll see. We'll see. Arians uh, knows it's a it's a work in progress. The more he can look at these guys, the more guys are going to fall off. And he also said, was very clear today, that you can really know what you have in the skill position guys through OTAs. You don't need the pads. If he believes that, which I think he does, then he really believes what he said two days ago, Friday, or three days ago, Friday, when he said the secondary is totally fixed. That they're totally fixed. We talked about that on the Ira Kaufman podcast. It was a big call by Arians to basically say now they have five corners, including Ryan Smith. I hope I hope he's right. I hope he's right. I hope he's he is seeing it and he is watching them go against the great Bucks receiving core and locking them down and all the stuff he wants to see. But I'm very skeptical. I'm very skeptical. Also, since I've heard from various sources that all they're working on is press coverage press coverage press coverage and you don't you can't play that all the time you can but i no team does and did the bucks have the pass rush to hold up against something like that and how good are these guys in press coverage you know i understand that arians believes he has to teach the rookies all the ins and outs of press coverage to get out of some of their college habits but man we're gonna find out we're going to find out. I, I think it's not as good as the, the op. Uh, it's somewhere down the middle, and I don't know what that's going to look like, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, and we, I, you know, I'm not going to go too long into this. I realize a lot of people did not listen to Steve Dumig when he was on the air for years in Tampa. And Lee DeKemper and I talked about this on the uh, revival of the Monday Morning Joe podcast a couple of weeks ago after uh, Steve Dooming passed away. But yesterday was the uh, memorial service celebration of life. It was really a celebration is what it was, but it was very somber at the same time at Feather Sound Country Club in Clearwater, where Steve was a member 
and a regular, and he lived in Feather Sound. You know, people who knew Steve and friends of Steve's and family, they, you know, this was open to the public, but really only the, the people who needed to know knew about this event. And I was out there, and I thought there were maybe about 150 people, but looking at the pictures, it looks like it might be more than more like 200. But it, w- it was a packed house, and uh, it was really a um, special day. A lot of people spoke, and you know, it's just one of those moving, uh, moving things. And uh, Steve's family members uh, did a great job speaking, and uh, a wide range of emotions there. But one guy who spoke, which I think it interests uh, the podcast listeners here most, was Mike Allstott. And I know Big Dog would want me to talk about this. It was a, a point of pride for him, and it's interesting. It's a little bit of Buck's history. Allstott did the a show with Dumig for 10 years, and a lot of time, for years, they were out on the road every Monday at a different spot. Big crowds were there for quite a while every Monday at wherever restaurant they were at. And Dumig was a big Allstott fan. They were friends, and Allstott talked about how Dumig uh, covered for him on the show, did not ask him the tough questions, and rarely, if ever, uh, pressed him on things and stayed very positive, even even when things were going negative. And uh, Allstott joked about how one day he fumbled three times and Dumig showed up to the show the next day with some sort of weird leather harness, and Allstott, he was waiting for Allstott to ask him, what's that? And Dumig said, that's for you to put around your shoulder and then you can tuck the ball in there so you don't freaking fumble. And uh, he told it a lot better than I did. But Allstott explained that um, he was never going to answer the tough questions. He was never going to do it and open up to the media about things about the team or about himself that were just negative and not in the team's best interest. And he said Steve knew that. And that's why he didn't ask him the tough questions, because he he knew I wasn't going to answer them, and he wanted to protect me and not put me on the spot. And it brings up a real interesting sort of thing for media is, do you ask a guy a question that you know he's not going to answer? And there are two ways to look at that. First, or three ways. First, football is not the president of the United States, where the question has to be asked and all that stuff. I mean, a lot of people think sports is like politics and it's not i was getting roasted on twitter for uh you know for something the other day which would would, i mean it happens all the time but the comeback from one of this guy that i was arguing with tom bassinger of the tampa bay times he's like how could you not know that trump calls uh you know reporters evil and it threatens their lives like well do am i supposed to be paying attention to uh national politics and that kind of stuff It's it's like come on man but anyway enough of that for those of you who saw that i hope you enjoyed the exchange that went went down on uh sunday night yeah sunday night so the question is should players be asked the tough question even if you know the player and you know he's not going to answer it and it's a tough spot for uh, the media because you don't want the guy to shut down and maybe you try to get the the answer off the record so you really know what the answer is and then maybe you can proceed to get it on the record another time or from somebody else 
Uh, there's a lot of ways to approach it, and I know that uh, a lot of times uh, media gets clobbered for not asking the important question or the question of the day in some people's mind, but I, I don't know. I don't have a right answer. It's just interesting to think about, especially when you hear a Buccaneers icon talk about how I was never going to answer the tough questions. Uh, frankly, if you listen to Derek Brooks through the years when he played, the so many years, the guy gave all the A-list uh, corporate responses you could get. He just wasn't going to re- open up and uh, speak the truth uh, about the team. And you've had different players through the years approach it a different way. So we'll see. Right now we got a coach who seems willing to be more open in a different way than Dirk Cutter was, who was very open. Personally, I think it's much better for the game when these guys are willing to uh, share, especially on seasons that are over. But you know what? There's always going to be uh, the culture of the NFL where coaches cover everything up and you don't get the truth and you got to keep digging. And a lot of times fans ask us, well, why are you, why are you obsessed with this guy? You already left. And you know, some of it's just, we just want to know the truth of things that happen. A lot of times we don't find out till years later. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, something that you, something that you look at, something to think about. But, uh, Steve Dumig, uh, may he rest in peace. He was a good friend of mine. You know, as these weeks have gone by, I've spent more time remembering conversations that I had with Steve. You know, it's just, uh, just one of those things. So if you have, uh, a friend in your life who passed, I feel for you, and on to uh, football. So the mini camp kicks off here, and one thing that'll be interesting is does Arians leave these guys, you know, sort of maybe chew these guys out, pick his spots, but chew the guys out and leave them with, uh, what message does he want to leave them when they, when they leave camp? Because that, that'll set a new tone. Whatever tone he's set, I have a feeling that it's going to change come training camp. And Arians talks a lot about it's the player's team. They've, they've got to take hold of it and make each other accountable. But it still starts with the head coach. And he's got to find a way to, I think, uh, draw the leadership out that he wants. Otherwise, he's not going to get it. This isn't him coming to Arizona with Larry Fitzgerald and Patrick Peterson and other guys that were just there to develop the team that Arians wanted. And he admits he got very lucky when uh, Teran Matthew walked into the Cardinals. He was the instant instant uh, leader, instant go-to guy, personality, was everything they wanted right out of the gate. It's a lot to expect of Devin White. We've talked about that, but you have to hope. You have to hope. That's all we got right now is hope that this team can find its way. This is the way I look at the season. I get asked this all the time. Find your way to two and one. No excuses. Get to two and one. Take a deep breath. Make sure that you don't go two and four. Get to three and three somehow. Make sure you get to three and three. And then you got the bye week. Take a deep breath. You're settled in with Arians. You got new confidence. You're three and three. You got a lot of home games left. Get out of that bye week and go win seven out of 10 and go 10 and six. Or go win six out of 10 with a heavy home schedule after the bye week and go nine and seven. That's that's the way this season has to go. Because if they end up two and four at the bye week, it's draft talk. 
It's the distraction of endless. Is Jameis still our quarterback talk? And that'll come down from the national side. That'll that'll be what the national media, and you'll be hearing left and right, if the Bucks are 2-4, and four, that's what they'll be interested in. Is Jameis going to get his contract renewed? Are the Bucks going to draft a quarterback? All the stuff that is just terribly distracting for a team. And uh, look, Dirk Cutter and other guys on this team admitted that Hard Knocks was distracting. Well, what happens when you're, if Hard Knocks is distracting, what happens when you're 2-4 and four and, and all the national idiots are talking about your quarterback uh, possibly having a new team and who's he going to play for next year and is Arians going to retire because he doesn't have Jameis? It's so important for the Bucks to get off to a good start. Uh, one thing that was probably overlooked last week, the Bucks added to their staff yet again and hired basically a director of sports science. Uh, and Arians has talked about this, how this is the guy, and he has a department who studies this and his trainers, but this will be the guy who basically outlines what Arians is going to do with the team to make sure they are at optimum performance. And Arians has even said maybe that means taking a whole week off of practice to save our bodies during that seven weeks where we won't have a home game and we'll just do walkthroughs. Uh, they'll study what, what they want to do with the summer schedule. I've heard the Bucks are still tweaking their training camp schedule from night practices to day and how, how Arians wants to keep these guys' bodies just right. And Arians can say what he wants, but he doesn't have experience in this kind of uh, climate. Arizona's hot. It's different, though. Anybody who's been out there knows the heat is different, and the coach is going to have to uh, sort it out. He'll have to figure that out. Hopefully he learned a lot from the heat that we've experienced in May. As we all know, this has been one of the hottest Mays on, on record, and the last few days have been super hot. So hopefully Arian's got a good feel, and his sports science team, which he's always been a cutting-edge guy with that, has um, maybe gotten a leg up on uh, accelerating their learning curve so the Bucks can be ready for uh, maximum performance this season. Now, I didn't want to open up with Gerald McCoy getting his new team. The Carolina Panthers, McCoy picks the Panthers. Why did he pick the Panthers? I don't know. You could speculate. Anybody who tells you, oh, it's because he wanted revenge on the Bucks and whatever, I don't think it, that really had anything to do with it. Uh, I think McCoy strictly liked what he was hearing from Carolina and had a lot of trust in Ron Rivera as a head coach. And he knows how good Kawan Short is. He knows how good Grady Jarrett is. And McCoy also knows that, hey, if I can rotate with those guys, it might extend my career. And uh, did I say Grady Jarrett? Not Grady Jarrett. I meant Don Terry Poe. If those guys can rotate and, um, you know, that can help extend McCoy's career. And I think he was thinking about that. He knows this was the only defensive pure defensive-minded head coach he met with. My guess is that Ron Rivera was way more impressive to McCoy than Freddie Kitchens up in Cleveland, even though they have a ton of great defensive line talent there for McCoy to rotate as well. He also went to John Harbaugh. Obviously, Ravens play good defense, whatever, but uh, Harbaugh's not a defensive uh, background that he comes from necessarily like a Ron Rivera. And... You know, they've had massive changes in Baltimore on defense, whereas uh, the scheme's going to change a little bit in Carolina, but that personnel is extremely impressive. And 
you know, it's closer to home. And I think um, my guess, I think when the truth comes out, that's probably the most money that he got as well, or at least tied for it. So McCoy goes to Carolina. We all get to watch him now twice a year. How much fun is that? It adds to uh, the drama of this season. And yeah, I want to see him get his ass pancaked by our, our Buccaneers offensive lineman. That's the beauty of this. It's fun. And I uh, hope he gets his ass kicked, and I hope he plays, uh, performs well. I'm not rooting against the guy, but this sure makes everything a heck of a lot more fun. And uh, that's really what it's all about, right? It's about fun. And I think that gets lost a lot in sports and obsessive fans. It's just supposed to be fun. And uh, we're going to have fun with it because it's fun. <laughs> did I say fun? Yeah, I did say fun. All right. Now, I've told you before about Bill Curry Ford, BillCurryFord.com, BillCurryFord.com. The ads are always on JoeBucksFan.com. You can click through. Uh, you can just visit there straight and shop anytime you want. They have a great collision center. I took my car in there. They did a wonderful job. I didn't have a big accident or anything, minor. Uh, they've got Ali Marpet. You've seen, we wrote it up. He shops there. Other Buccaneers are part of the Bill Curry Ford family. Uh, and they're just about 60 years in Tampa, and it's uh, still the Bill Curry's uh, family running the dealership. So you can have great faith in Bill Curry Ford. Uh, the podcast, I'm going to be back next week after three days of minicamp. We'll have talked to a lot of people, seen a lot, and I think some things will get a lot clearer, especially after um, you know watching uh, Sue a little bit and see if, some of his attitude appears to rub off, and I want to see how he interacts with uh, Vita Vea, just uh, you know what he looks like in practice. And I know there's no pads, but still, you can. there's some stuff you can see, see how he's getting along with the guys, see if he appears to have a buddy on the team. All that stuff is uh, stuff to watch. And, uh, you know, Ronald Jones as well. Hey, coach keeps talking him up, so let's have an open mind. Maybe Ronald Jones is going to just ride this year two and a new coaching staff all the way to a decent season, somebody who can contribute. I talked last week on the podcast about how actually important that would be for the Bucks on so many levels if Jones is even just average versus uh, being a, a total waste and they have to start from complete scratch yet again next year and then maybe overpay for Peyton Barber at the same time. So... Busy day at JoeBucksFan.com. Busy day in the world of the Bucks. And um, hey, it's late at night. Uh, a little less energy on the podcast tonight, but I hope you enjoyed it. And maybe you uh, listen to it as uh, you start your day, your Tuesday. And by Tuesday afternoon, we'll have a lot of information out of one buck. Our podcasts continue. We've got some special announcements uh, with the podcasts coming up for a new podcast or a returning podcast, if you will, that's uh, coming back to the Joe Bucks fan uh, family in August. Uh, Todd Wright will be back with his fantasy football podcast twice a week, three times a week, actually. But the other two Todd Wright fantasy football podcasts are uh, really very comprehensive, and uh, I always learn something that's helped me out for sure. So uh, lots going on. We appreciate your support at Joe Bucks fan. A fantastic month in May. Really, every month's a fantastic month, so I don't really have much to say about that. We're lucky that uh, everybody uh, seems to enjoy what we're doing, or at least enough people do, or we can uh, 
make a living and keep on uh, grinding away here at Joe Bucks Fan to uh, bring you uh, the same passion we hope that you bring to the table for your Buccaneers. All right, thanks again, Bill Curry Ford, and I'll see you next week.